Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The 302nd Shir of Rambam. We're going to focus on, once again, Malva Valeva related stuff. Of course, tomorrow, with God's help, we're making a siyum. We have learned that one is not permitted to give a loan for interest. We have learned that one is not allowed to take a loan for the purpose of interest. And today we are going to talk about the facilitators. Mitzvah Reish Lamazayin, the 237th negative mitzvah of the Torah, Hazara shows Harno. The severe prohibition, the warning the Torah gives us, from being involved in facilitating loans that are given for interest. Between interest, money that would be passed from the one who takes the loan to the one who gives the loan. And this is a special emphasis here. We'll, go, we'll come back to this later. Put that in the back burner. Ribis, the money has to come from the loive to the malva. From the one getting the loan to the one who is giving the loan. Shalonarov le'echavahem. We should not serve as guarantor or surety for either of them. Vle'noidlehem. We're not allowed to become witnesses because otherwise the document has no value. We are not permitted even to write, and this some maintain is actually only rabbinic, to, to write up. So the lawyer who executes the contract is also going to be violating a halacha. Anything which is connected to the giving or taking of a dibis of interest. God says in his Torah, Don't place upon him usury. What do you mean don't place upon him? Either you're giving usury or you're taking usury. No, says the Torah. Don't place the usury upon him. Do not become a partner in creating this negative situation where somebody is going to give or take money which the Torah prohibits them from giving or taking. Otherwise, you're placing them. Here's the language of the Gemara. It's a Gemara above Mitzvah and Dafai and Hei. The Gemara says, Orev, Orev are guarantors, and we'll talk about them in a little while. I'll explain what, exactly what a guarantor is. Edim, the witnesses. A document has to be witnessed. According to Allah, if a document of a star has no witnesses, then it's of no value, generally speaking. So, these people, they only violate one. One prohibition, and that's So we learned that the person who gives the interest violates two mitzvahs. Number one, he violates the prohibition, as we learned yesterday, of Allah, Number two, he violates the prohibition of Nehebel Number one is that he shouldn't be involved in transferring of interest, prohibited interest, prohibited profits. He shouldn't be involved with that. Number two, you're putting a stumbling block of somebody who is blind in this area as we talked yesterday at great, in great detail. So here we're finding out that there's only one mitzvah here. There's only one mitzvah because you're not really, you're not a necessary partner, you see. A transaction it has to be a buyer and a seller, a giver and a taker. Somebody who's going to give the money, somebody who's agreeing to pay for the money. You cannot say that the person who is involved almost in an, in a, in an incidental or ancillary fashion becomes the primary suspect or the culprit, the major operator, the one who, who carries the guilt. That's not the case. But you are still involved, and because you are still involved, even if you're, you're not an innocent bystander, you're an involved bystander, and because you're an involved bystander, you also are violating the Torah's law. The Rambam says, This would also include the Malve. And therefore, The person who is going to be 
giving the loan, the person who's going to be receiving the interest violates no less than six specific and explicit prohibitions in the Torah. Ha'echad number one, letiyah kenaisha, you're not allowed to be a user. Ha'sheini eskasperalistik number nefshuk, don't be a usurer, it's talking to you. Number two, your money should not be making money just because it's money. You can't make money on your money. So if your money is making you money, without any work or any risk of just getting profit, then that's also called usury. Hashlishi, the third thing is, ubemarbes lesitin achacha. You know how to make profit off this, of this kind of uh, business. Don't take from this fellow. He's a Ben Abbas Yisrael. He's a fellow Jew. Don't take his interest. Don't place interest upon somebody or upon a situation where interest is a reality. That's the same thing like the witnesses, by the way. They're also placing it. Don't place it. So the person who is receiving the interest, who's giving the loan, is also going to be guilty of doing exactly that. Hashishi, the sixth, you shall not place a stumbling block in front of somebody. V'sham Amru, and there in that very same Gemara, we say, These are the people who would violate the Torah's clear commandments. Number one, Hamalva, the person giving the loan. Number two, Haloive, the person taking the loan, which we've learned about previously. And now, the people we're talking about in today's mitzvah, Ha'orev, the guarantor, which we will explain momentarily, and Ha'edin, the witnesses, who are giving testimony that this transaction is binding. The Rambam says, the sages added, a fifth af cipher, the scribe, the person who actually puts the document together, which maybe in today's day and age would be like a lawyer, Ha'edin al-baltitein, va'al-baltikach mimenu, so they're also going to be involved in violating this commandment. So the Gemara says, by extension, you're really kind of hinging or violating all of these Avedas, only not straightforwardly. Omar Abaya, Abaya says, well, the Malva violates all of these Avedas outright. Loive, the one who takes the loan as we discussed yesterday he's got two Avedas so the Malva's got six the Loive has two the Arev, the person, the guarantor and the witnesses they only violate the prohibition of don't place or create or facilitate circumstances where usury, where interest is passing from one year to the next now this is with the proviso, somebody who would violate this, biblically speaking, it's only if the ribis, if the interest is actually spelled, that's we have a number. Let's say, I'll, I'll pay you back, I'll do a favor for you, you'll get something for it. That, that's rabbinically prohibited, that's called a vak ribis, literally means dust. It's something that's you're still getting dirty, but it's not the object itself. The object itself is when the deal is very clear and straightforward, I'm giving you $100, I'm getting back, $110. That's called Ribis Kitsutsa. Might see, and I say, the halacha is that Ribis Kitsutsa, you consume in court in a Bezdin, and you take back the money. You will take back the money that was given from this, from the Leva, from the one who took the loan, who gave it to the Malva who received the money. You'll take it from the Malva, from the person who receives it, and we would legally extract it from him and give it back to the Leva. Now, somebody who violates this, this mitzvah, therefore, does not get malchus. 
so we've, we've studied this so many times already. If, if, you, if you violate a negative prohibition of a Torah, you get malchus. But then there are exceptions to the rule. And one of the exceptions to the rule is when you can undo the damage, then it's like, it's usually, it's like if, along the lines of a lavanitak, like a, a, a negative mitzvah which is conjoined to a positive or requires an action to be taken. And since there's a positive action to be taken, and since so when you give the money, when the leva will receive the money back from the malva, the person who gave the interest will get it back from the person who took the interest, so then that would automatically undo the negative deed that was done. And as such, lashes would not be administered. At least that's what the Mishnah Lamelech says, and there's a long discussion about that. The Arav and the Edim, as we said, are only going to be violating one of the mitzvahs. You should know that a person who actually arranges, the one who f- seeks out, you know, he's the guy who runs the, 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 the website that says, you need a loan, I get your loan. The person who actively goes after and puts investors together with the people who need the money. And, and investors, not like we talked about yesterday with Hetar Yisker. Investors are simply very simple. I give you, I give you for every dollar I give you, I get back 25 cents plus the dollar. I get a a 25% return. So the person who does that actually would violate more than simply one Mavera. He would also violate the the mitzvah, the prohibition of Lifne'iver Lesiti Michshel. And the Pischichubah says it would be very interesting. That means even if this would be a Vak Ribis, even if this would be the kind of Ribis which is not biblically prohibited, the person who actually arranges the whole loan and puts it together the, the matchmaker, so to speak, he would violate, even if it's only rabbinic ribis, it's only interest which is v- prohibition, prohibited, pardon me, by v- virtue and dint of rabbinic law and not biblical law, but that person would still violate the biblical mitzvah of lufna evilosite mitzvah, do not place a stumbling block in front of he who is blind, because he who is blind is blinded from the reality and from the truth, and the truth is that one should live in accordance with the Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, which includes biblical mitzvahs and the rabbinic requirements as well. So actually, by extension, the sarsur, the matchmaker, would violate, the one who puts the deal together, the deal maker would violate a biblical mitzvah regardless of whether it's ribis kitsutsa, which is, as we mentioned, specifically set out very, with very clear numbers, which ribis, which is biblically prohibited, or even if it's just a vak ribis, which is not as clear and not as straightforth, nonetheless, they would violate, in that case, not the witnesses, not the person who wrote the contract, but the person who put the deal together would violate the biblical mitzvah of lifne iver leisiteng michshon. Now, the, the question is, do you violate this mitzvah just by signing the document or only after the ribis is given? So it seems from the Rambam that if, if in fact, the, 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 the contract be a contract which can't be used, why can't it be used? Because you bring it to court, and the court says, one second, it says, the malva gave $100. The lawyer has to pay back $150. Hey, this, this is, <laughs> you came to us with this document? You expect a Jewish court to enforce an agreement which flies in the face of the Torah's clear uh, prohibition? Forget about it. We're not going to do that. So in that, in that circumstance, when, when we have such a reality, you're not even going to be able to get the money you're looking for. It's like a catch-22. It's a document that won't work. In that case, the Rambam would say you didn't even violate the mitzvah. Although, there are others who disagree. The Teisvis seems to be of the opinion that even if it's it's ribis um, guvaina, even if it's the kind of ribis or interest that will never be actually exacted, the payment will never be taken away, will never be received, because the court system that's supposed to enforce the document will never enforce such a document. You sign in such a document, even if it's a useless document, you would still violate this mitzvah. As I said, it seems that Rambam does not agree with this. 
Now the Alter Rebbe says in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Shing Samach Gimel, when that's chapter 63, where the Alter Rebbe goes into, when the Alter Rebbe speaks about the concept of ribbis, Alter Rebbe says that if we have a situation, Reuben's got money, Shimon needs money, Reuben's really not interested in giving Shimon the money. He's not interested because he doesn't think Shimon will pay him back. And anyway, it's a pain in the neck. Okay, Reuben should be more righteous. Who are we to judge Reuben? He's been through all kinds of difficult circumstances where people took loans and never paid him back. He's frustrated. He's angry. He says, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Let somebody else have a mitzvah. So Levi comes over to Reuben. He says, Reuben, you know, I love you and I, and, and I, and I, I feel your anguish and pain, but poor, but poor Shimon, look at poor Shimon. He says, look, I'll make it worth your while. I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you $100. I'm going to give you a buy you a set of books, a buy you whatever it is, uh, a gift card to your favorite kosher restaurant. I'm going to do something for you just to grease the wheels and make it easier for you. And you, Ruven, just do the mitzvah. I know it's a pain in the neck. So just to get over the pain in the neck part, I'm going to take care of you. That's 100% permissible. Why? Because ribis interest is only when it's coming from the one who's taking the loan. But if somebody, a bystander on the side, is doing something to grease the wheels and, and he is ingratiating himself, or maybe even paying for something, so that Reuven will do a mitzvah, it's like paying somebody to do a mitzvah. What happens if somebody doesn't want to put on film and you choose to pay him? I pay you 50 bucks to put on film. The film is still film. It's still, it's still valuable. So it's a mitzvah to give a loan. Reuven doesn't want to give a loan, says the Alter Rebbe. So Levi comes over and he says, you have a big Yetzirah, you have evil inclination, and you have a lot of bad experiences. You don't want to give the loan. I'm going to make it easier for you. So Reuven says, fine. And he gives the $5,000 loan to Shimon. Now ask, why doesn't Levi help Shimon? Levi doesn't have $5,000 or $10,000 or $100,000. What Levi does have is $100. So what Levi does is he buys favor with his $100. He buys the favor of Reuven on Shimon's behalf. This would actually be permissible, and all the Paschim agree with Alter Rebbe that this would not be a situation of ribas in any way, shape, or form. In the language of the Alter Rebbe, she'ene min ha'loyve l'malve. Ve'ene hishtadlus b'pu'ulas ribas klal. There's no such thing as hishtadlut, of working, of trying to create a situation that's not called ribas at all. By the way, there are three kinds of arevim. There are three kinds of guarantors. All of them would be violating the Torah if they were to be a guarantor, guaranteeing the loan that was given from the usury taker to the usury giver. One kind of loan is the regular order. The regular order says, in the event that this guy, Le Shimon, won't pay you back, well, then come to me, says Mr. Levy. I'll take care of you. If Reuven, if Mr. Shimon doesn't pay Mr. Reuven, Mr. Levy says, I'll kick in, I'll take care. That's a regular. So when a person, when Reuven gets once his loan paid back, who does he go to? He goes to Shimon. He says, Shimon, please pay back the loan. Shimon says, next week, next year, I don't know. He says, oh, I see what's going on here already. He tries one week, tries two weeks, not getting anywhere. He says, Levy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I tried. I went to your friend Shimon. He's not paying back the loan. You agreed. That was the only reason I was ready to give the loan is because you agreed. Well, Levy now has obligated himself. He's going to have to pay the money. And in the case where he would have to, he agreed to pay interest, he would be paying the interest. Understand? This is really a problem. That's, that's because he basically becomes like the loanee. The second kind is called an Arav Kablam. Arav Kablam means that Reuven can choose to go straight to Levy. And he comes to Levy and says, Levy, give me back the money. He says, what do you mean give you? I give you back the money. I'm just a guarantor. Go to Shimon. I didn't even want to talk to Shimon. I don't trust him. I see his situation already. I already heard. I don't want to deal with that. Levi can't say anything. Arav Kabla. Arav Kabla means no problem. The third kind of Arav is a very unusual kind of Arav. It's called in the Gemara Shleif Dutz. Shleif Dutz is a, 
like a description of a certain herb which was used, cured and used for cleaning purposes. We would call this in the modern vernacular the wash your hands thing. <laughs> I wash my hands of you. So what happens is that uh, Reuven gives money to Shimon and he says, I wash my hands of you, Shimon. I don't even know who you are. I'm only going to Levi. Levi is going to, as far as I'm concerned, Levi owes me the money. Now Levi, who's hoping and praying that Shimon's going to pay back, he just wanted to make sure that Reuven gives the money. But Reuven, who knows Shimon already, he doesn't even want to enter into any business dealings with Shimon. The only reason he's giving Shimon any money is he, he trusts Levi, and Levi's the man. And Levi's, Levi's like, here you are, Levi, I'm washing my hands of Shimon, I go straight to you. In any of these cases, any of these kinds of arevim, these kinds of guarantors, whether it's an orev harogel, orev kablon, or shleif dutz, in any one of the situations, if you facilitate and bring about a situation that would allow for the possibility, even according to the Rambam, of ribis, of interest being taken, then you would be violating this 237th mitzvah of the Torah. And that concludes the laws of prohibited interest. And tomorrow, we're going to learn about the kind of interest which, according to the Rambam, is not only permitted, but actually encouraged. So stay tuned. That will be tomorrow's Shira Rambam.